Hey, this is Brent. Hey, this is Jordan. What's up? This is Matt. Hey, this is Sean. And this is the Digital Ascent Podcast. Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. This is, of course, the Digital Ascent Podcast, episode 0019. Tonight, we have myself, of course, Brent, uh, and we have Matt and then Jordan. Uh, and we've got a, a pretty good lineup for you guys tonight, uh, but we're going to start off with the current events as usual. And then to start that off or to kick that off, um, well, a pretty cool one, actually. Half-Life, which is literally one of the OG FPS games. Uh, and if you don't know Half-Life, I don't know how that's even possible. However, it is getting a huge update, or it has gotten a huge update, I should say, for its 25th anniversary. Uh, and it has brought... Uh, Namely, I'm just going to do high level and then we're going to discuss it just for a quick second, but a huge amount of new content. It has official Steam Deck support and they also released a documentary to go alongside of it, which I think is on, I think it's on YouTube. I think it's on Valve's uh I'm YouTube literally channel. looking for the link right now, so we'll have that in the show notes for anybody. Yeah, we, we could put that in the show notes, but uh, I mean, I know at least for me, Half-Life is kind of like near and dear and I know, I know it is for Matt. So Matt, what, what, do, you, yeah. what do you think about this one? Uh, I think this is really cool, man. Uh, I didn't think that Half-Life was ever going to see another update, but here we are. That's pretty cool. I, I still remember like going to Best Buy and buying Half-Life and like reading about it in PC Gamer before I went to the store to buy it and reading the box all the way home and playing it. And that being one of my first, like that's gotta be one of my core fps shooter memories so um man fantastic fantastic game uh really just you know genre defining for its time uh i don't really know how the original holds up today i i do want to take a moment it's, I can yeah, it's, I, I, it's I a little rough around the edges yeah well i mean it's 25 years old right uh, i will say that black mesa which is the remake, the straight up remake by a third party of, of this game or sorry, of, of this game is fantastic. And they even um, expanded the end area. I think they want 20 bucks for it or something. I, 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 I felt like it was a great purchase. You can catch that on sale pretty regularly, by the way, mm-hmm. like half off 10 yeah. bucks. And am I, am I mistaken? Or is it free? I thought they made it free for the weekend or something or to celebrate. Maybe that this, was over yeah, the... the Half-Life is free right now. Oh, until... Half-Life is free. Right okay, now. okay. Yeah, yeah Half-Life is not the uh, not Black Mesa uh, okay. until November 20th. So you guys got a few Sick. more days, I guess. Well, I guess when we release this, it won't be. Yeah. <laughs> As of this Whoops. recording... Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, we'll make go. sure. I think we posted about it in the uh, in the free channel, so it should be anybody who would have cared about it should have already should have right. already known. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, good lord, yeah. If you yep. any Half Life fans going to see that and be like, oh, okay. But I would also bet that a majority of those folks already own the game too. So I know I have for many years on my Steam account. So, anyways, um, well, cool. Uh, and I was going to mention one other thing. Oh, speaking of you know it not holding up, Valve actually. I think they posted on Twitter or somewhere. We built most most of this stuff for 640 by 480 CRTs, and apparently some of you have upgraded since then. That's what Valve said. <laughs> it's kind of kind of funny little little right. dig there, uh, <laughs> right? Yeah, but yeah, definitely check that out. Um, and then the next one is, uh, and I don't feel like this is a surprise really, but Xbox is on track to knock Sony PlayStation down to third place for the first time in history. Based on the numbers, and we'll have this sourced, you know, we'll have this in the sources as well, but, uh, you know, they have some handy little charts and stuff like that. It is primarily due, of course, to the acquisition of Activision Blizzard. Uh, that's the reason why they are now second in uh, essentially game game revenue is what they're looking at. Uh, this number is also like hypothetical. They're looking at what uh, the first half of this year would have looked like. And I, I'm, I guess they're you know, essentially combining the revenue numbers. Big surprise, number one, which maybe it is a surprise for some folks, uh, Tencent is number one in game revenue. And by that tracks. a very large amount, like very large amount. Yeah, yeah, I know by, it's a little- By micro, that's a microtransaction company, I believe there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm talking like they're leading by five to six billion. 
And I think, not mistaken, I think, uh, just like Matt said, it's sick. it's microtransaction, but I think Tencent is another one of those, like, moguls. They they have their hands in a lot yeah. of stuff yeah, uh, that sometimes you'd be, like, surprised to see that they have their hands in. I think they did, like, the PUBG Mobile games uh, when those mm -hmm. first came out, if they're not still running them. I know they've done a lot of other, they've been really present in the mobile space, um, which is a massive, you know, section of, of video, gaming's right, uh, video gaming right now, so... Um, yeah, they're ridiculous. Uh, makes sense. They're number one for sure. Yeah. I figured it was just cool to mention because, you know, well, I'm sure people have wondered, like, what is that going to actually, how's that going to poise Xbox? How's it going to poise Microsoft in terms of uh, the industry and stuff like that? So that's just early kind of, hey, let's see how the numbers play out sort of deal. So we'll see more. I, well, you already know going into 2024, we're going to see tons of that stuff. So. All right, moving on. Uh, Chat GPT four. Yes, I said four. We've got another upgrade here. Matt, do you want to just quickly touch on kind of what that? What does that mean from three point five? So, so the four has been available for a while, but now they're adding the four turbo. You know, I right. think that we're gonna have some like fun little like iteration. You know, innovations here as they go. Like, you know, I think that they're working on four V. I don't really know how they're coming up with this names, but with these names, but they are whatever. Um, the four turbo is pretty cool. Uh, if you pay for chat GPT, you get access to four, four turbo can browse the web and has pretty recent data. I think it's like up to current. Um, it's very it, good. Yeah. It also comes with a bunch of different, I, I guess I call them personalities, but I guess that they, they have customized GPTs that yep. you can that you can um select from they have a bunch that are there already and these gpts are specially trained bots basically they're specially trained ais that excel at various things like you can um they have one that that takes whatever you say and turns it into a an like a coloring book image for your kids or whatever to color and um it doesn't just have to be for kids i'm sure you can come up with something that's you know i like you know, coloring more, too yeah exactly some some complex mandala type stuff <laughs> um uh it also can i i've personally been using it to build like little little personalities to handle certain aspects of my job like sometimes i do programming so i built one you know i'm not actually very happy with gpt and its programming and how it works there it has like a lot of errors um when you use powershell it makes up commandlets like or like little like it makes up syntax it's ridiculous and so i added in a bunch of stuff like um you know if you don't understand what you're what, what you're reading then make sure you ask clarifying questions and you know make sure that you can like pull up documentation for any commandlets or libraries that you use and stuff like that and what I found is that instantly when I started giving it some like test test things to write, it started coming back and asking like really solid clarifying questions that I was like, Oh, well I can see how you were asking me, should I remove the string from um, the object in the set or should I just remove the entire object from the set? If I find the string as part of it, I mean, I was just, I was really impressed with how quickly, right. Uh, I was able to spin up something that I felt like met my needs much better than a general, you know, general, than a general GPT. Yeah. And, I, mean, I mean, that makes sense though. Yeah, I mean, cause you're crazy. talking, it's you're wild. talking Swiss army knife, you know, that that's the one that people have been playing with mostly. Yeah. We've all been playing with the Swiss army knives and now this one's going to get you your, your specialized knife that that's like specially made for, um, you know, whittling on wood or cutting fish or skinning a boar yep. basically yeah I mean, it's a, it's, it's, it sounds silly but, yeah. or yes yeah, it's, it's, it's it's crazy you know and or attaching to the end of a spear i mean these are all different things that you want different types of knives for right and yep, the same logic applies it, yeah the same logic applies so uh once again i'm really excited it looks like you can attach actions to these i'm not really sure what that does yet i'm i'm really hopeful to that we're one step closer to these like generalized AIs with these and that student will be able to create little bots that do little tasks for you. They don't just create like answer and respond. You can be like, 
go find me this data and organize it in this way and do i don't i don't know man i just right tie, tie I, some I have, automation have, to it yeah exactly i have i have visions and no way to know exactly how they're executed yet but i think they're coming right Welcome to the future. It's here. My, my wife has been using it too. She's been using the creative writing coach one because she's tinkering around with Ooh. potentially writing a novel. Yeah. Uh, how's that? How is that? And it's incredibly impressive. I mean, she kind of yeah. fed it some of the text and it's like, hey, yeah. you know, she has a scene in there where she goes from past to present, present to past, whatever. And it says, hey, your change of tense, you know, your, that, that transition is a little abrupt. I recommend doing X, Y, and Z. And you know, also you're from this period of time. I recommend introducing this into the dialogue because that's more appropriate for that time period and oh, all wow. this sort of stuff. Like it's highly, <laughs> so highly, crazy, man. yeah. Yeah. And, it, and, and then it, it, on top oh, of it, it keeps man. encouraging her to like, Hey, you're doing great. I love it. Uh, keep up the good work. It's like encouraging oh, her throughout man. the way. Yeah. So it's <laughs> wow. like, she's typing to an actual person, but this thing is, it's helping her, you know, kind of, reimagine how she's writing some of this stuff and it's been uh, it's been really cool it's been a little bit eye-opening for her so um she's enjoying you guys, you guys ever see the movie her yes yeah yeah it's a great yeah. movie it yeah. is yeah. It's a great I movie. just you know i keep on talking <laughs> to my wife that i feel like it like we're so close to somebody just taking like i don't understand why somebody hasn't done it quite yet other than i feel like i guess it's, we're just not quite there but I mean, all you need is like, like a, a 3G chip, a, you know, uh, you, a, you know, a little computer that can, you know, send and receive audio and, and then you can, you know, basically <laughs> embed that in any toy or in any, like in anything. And, you know, off to the races you go, you have, you know, what amounts to an Android type device. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Speaking of Androids, just real quick, I want to throw a, a quick uh, plug or shout out to that new, uh, damn, I forgot his name. It's a new movie that just came out uh, on DVD. Mm. Well, I don't even want to say DVD because who's watching DVD? DVDs anymore? Yeah, I don't even. What's a DVD? Hold on. I've never yeah. heard of uh, it. What, well, what I don't is. even. What do you say? Does it, it dropped on digital? That's so weird to say. I guess I'm like 10 <laughs> years late. Uh, this new movie, the creator came out. It's a uh, Gareth Edwards flick. He's the guy um, who directed Rogue One, phenomenal Star Wars movie. Um, uh, it's got, uh, John David Washington, I think his name is, he's the main man from, from Tenet. All this to say, it's about AI, uh, and like robots and shit, um, about 50 years in the future. And it is fantastic. Like it, it draws a really heavy, like moral line in the sand of like, it's this conversation that we're having, but like 50 years into the future. Uh, and what happens now check when- it out then. It is, yeah. it's fantastic. I, I promise you, wife and I, you know, watched it last night, uh, captivated. In the first five minutes, if this is not a movie for you, you'll know. Uh, it is mm -hmm. awesome and graphic and violent in the best ways. Uh, and it's, it's, uh, it's a nerd's wet dream, honestly. It's, it's a really, really, <laughs> really good movie. But it does a good, you know, uh, job of, like, making you ask the questions. And it's really strange how relevant all of this is right now because... Like we've said it a million times, AI wouldn't hear like two years ago. Uh, even a year ago, we were having a different conversation surrounding, you know, this topic. And so it's very strange to kind of see all of this media now reflect the questions that we're asking ourselves. Like, what is the what is the end game with these things? <laughs> you know, Matt's sitting here like, why haven't we've all seen the movie her? Why? Why has it not happened yet? And it's like, OK, well, I think the real question is how long until it happens? And what's the conversation yeah. point then? You know what I mean? It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, highly recommend. Go watch The Creator. It's fantastic. OK, so one awesome. one last thing before we move on for this topic I want to add is that the, the big picture here is that GPT for Turbo is now offering, you know, web browsing which brings it up to copilot and bing but you know it's smarter than those things in my opinion it uh seamlessly integrates uh dolly which is image generation um and it allows you to create these little tiny like little specialized gpts that are like <laughs> really amazing if you catch one like if you make one that fits what you're looking for it's a thousand times better than than the default. So if you're using GPT-4 um, and you're, or if you're paying for GPT and can use GPT-4, go spend some time building yourself out some personalities. It's a blast. 
it's fun to build them. Yeah, too. I, I recommend agree. naming them fun things. <laughs> the the twenty dollars a month definitely goes further now than it ever has. I I would have argued I finally it initially. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I finally I, I recently subscribed and I've been very happy with it. So, all right. Uh, and then last but not least in the current events. The game awards are are live right now, um, or at least I yes, guess the, the voting is for it. Yes, uh, I sir. guess the show is when December something. Jordan, when is December seventh? There you uh, go. We'll have a link to the the live stream and uh, the eight million different places you can watch it. Uh, we'll have that linked in the show notes if you guys are interested. Yeah. Any, anything else to be said about the game awards? Is there, is there anything? anything yeah, that probably would have been. Uh, <laughs> I probably should have yeah. slid in there. Um, I just really quickly. There are a ton of nominees. All right, uh, but just real quick, wanted to cover um, the game of the year nominees. Now, to be fair, the game awards is only one like award organization. This is not the end all be all. It just happens to be, you know, I think one of the more popular forums uh, for, you know, the gaming space uh, and often turns into, you know, a nice celebration of games. So seriously, if you're interested, like I said, we'll have links dropped in the show notes. Um, but for the game of the year nominees, I mean, 2023 has been a fantastic year for games, very reminiscent to me of like 2007, 2010. So just want to list uh, these off. Um, we've got Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, uh, Spider-Man 2, Resident Evil 4, uh, the Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, and uh, Super Mario Brothers uh, Wonder. Um, six fantastic games. I've played about half of these, um, and I'm. it's going to be a very hard year. Like, I think at this point, it's like it doesn't matter who wins. Uh, it's just been such a great year for gaming. Really looking forward to the award show. So, um, anyways, that's it. Uh, my pick out of these, maybe I'd be interested to hear from Brent and Matt. Uh, I just got done with Alan Wake 2. I've played Baldur's Gate 3 and Spider-Man 2. Alan Wake 2 takes the cake for me. Uh, that's, that's, if I could retroactively go back and pick a game, like, for the last five years, Alan Wake might have them <laughs> beat out, man. It is a solid single-player experience that I think kind of changes the medium um, going forward. Um, Matt, Brent, have you guys played any of these these games this year? What what uh, what corner are you throwing your hat, uh, hat in uh, as, far as, as far as Game of the Year nominees are concerned? If any. Uh, for me, uh, I haven't, I haven't gotten Alan Wake 2 yet. I have finished Alan Wake Remaster though. I wanted to play through that first Sick. and I, and okay. I, I want to work through, uh, which we call it to, uh, control, control. but anyways, fantastic. uh, so out of, out of these, I've played, uh, Baldur's Gate, I've played Spider-Man 2 and of course, Tears of the Kingdom, Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. I was going to go with Spider-Man 2 just because that was my more recent like love, but I did vote on this one for Tears of the Kingdom because that is uh Okay. That's where my heart's at on that one. Yes. I sir. will say there's a there's an omission here, I feel like that I was kind of disappointed okay. not to see on there just to kind of give them a little bit of love. Let's hear it. Yeah, Hogwarts Legacy. Oh Ooh, man. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that I one, can that feel that. Definitely, a, yeah, a, definitely an honorable mention. And that's what I think, right. man. You know, I opened it up with like, there have been uh, what's another one? Jedi Survivor came out in the first, uh, you know, quarter of the year. Fantastic yeah. game. Um, I don't think. I mean, I'm not I, even gonna. It, I think it's in some of the categories. It is. Of some Legacy of the categories is not in any of these. It's not in any. Oh, right. Super Mario Brothers Wonder game? just came out. <laughs> And is in the running, and I'm like, hold on, what? Yeah, Wait, how, that's a little how, trash. Can can I get a category for games that released but they didn't release like trash, and they had good releases? <laughs> that would be a <laughs> fantastic <laughs> category. Uh, Hogwarts Legacy, hey hey, Hogwarts Legacy being that one for sure. That one released Bingo. like as It'd far probably as be I the can only tell, one. Feature, to be honest, nah nah, Baldur's Gate three, man. Oh, that's fair. Solid release. But Matt, yeah, it had that like complete. game-breaking co-op thing. We couldn't play co-op. You know what I mean? There, I guess it didn't it really affect everybody. It wasn't. It, it. Well, no, and I mean it. It, and they fixed it basically within like two or three weeks. They had a new plan that's that fair. worked. Yeah, that's and fair. you know, from from what I understood, the way that it wasn't, it wasn't really intended to be like that. That style, like drop and drop out. It was meant to be you and I go play the story together. And, also fair. Um, you know, they they get the release and they were like, oh, people want to use it differently than we intended. We need a new plan. And or maybe they saw a bunch of maybe nobody could come up with a solution and they saw a bunch of posts on Reddit and then someone was like, oh, that post would actually work. 
We'll just do that <laughs> plan instead. <laughs> also, fair. So Matt, who, who, who is your pick out of these uh, six, anyways? Then me, it's Baldur's Gate three. Okay, like, I Baldur's figured so. Gate, yeah, I don't even I know mean, why I asked. I forgot. Yeah, yeah I don't even know why. Yeah, I asked. yeah, yeah. We we hashed this out on the Discord. Okay, so absolutely, um, we did. For those that don't follow in the Discord. <laughs> Jordy accused me of not knowing anything about any of these games, and I have played that, the that's predecessor. That's not what I said. Hold on, no, that's what he said. That's what he meant. And I have played the predecessor of all these. I played Alan Lake one a couple of times. I played Baldur's Gate one and two multiple times. I just finished Marvel Spider-Man this year, and recently went back and hit all the DLC. I hit both the okay. remaster of Resident Evil two and three. I'm I'm working the Super Mario's brother, and I beat. Um, the the last Zelda this year. So I have. Rick, can like, I ask you a question real quick before we continue? Can I ask you a question? What do you got? Out of those games that Matt just listed, which one of those came out this year? Uh, look, all I'm saying is that I'm <laughs> aware of what these games have to offer, and, oh, and, no. and like I'm I'm here to tell you that Baldur's Gate, like pushes the envelopes in ways that I just don't feel like these other games can. Which and, is a fair, it's a fair point. And I and also that makes it game game of the year. I hey look, and I'm not contesting that. And I think this is a great segue point um, you know, out of our, our current events. And hey, listen, regardless of, you know, if a game that you played uh, this year didn't make the lineup uh, or you haven't played any of these, I will oftentimes use the game awards, uh, and I know of other people that do as well, as like a a backlog refresher, right? If if games are being nominated yeah. and I haven't played them, there has to be a reason why the same six games that we've talked about constantly crop up in every single category across the board, whether it's Jeff Keighley's The Game Awards or the BAFTAs or anything else. Um, use this list. If you if you're feeling like things are stale and you everything is the same. Take a look at the nominees, man, and and just kind of pick a pick something that looks interesting, um, and maybe you know help yourself out of that rut. So, uh, just, just a good you know food for thought. You know, it's something that's helped me out of a gaming rut, uh, and uh, I mean, just a lot has come out of this year. So, um, yeah, take a look and uh, see if there's anything that catches your fancy. That's it for me, Brent, as far as uh, the game awards are concerned. Thank you, sir, for for the time. I yield my time. You yield, you yield your time. Well, thank you, sir. Yeah, no, that was a good conversation. Though. We had some good events uh, to discuss tonight. So, Streaming service overload. That is what I'm titling this episode of Digital Ascent. And most people just from those three words in the title can probably guess where we're going with this. But to, if you don't, I'm going to go ahead and tell you that, well, we live in a time where there's too many streaming services. That's kind of, that's, that's going to be the theme of this. And what we're going to talk about tonight is kind of, uh, you know, the, the saturation in the market, uh, kind of which ones are the most popular. Uh, and a big one for me is kind of the cost. You know, a lot of people originally were like, I'm getting rid of my cable and I'm going to go get Netflix and Hulu and Disney plus, and I'm going to have all this content and I'm going to be spending a third of the price. And in all reality now, you know, a lot of the cable companies and whatnot have kind of normalized a little bit and they've come down and now you can, you can get TV service for like 60 bucks a month. I added my stuff up earlier and, and we'll get to this, but I'm pretty sure I'm paying like anywhere from like 80 to a hundred dollars a month in streaming services at this point. Um, that's a lot lower than I thought you were going to say, Brent, if I'm being honest, that is a yeah, lot and that's, lower. And that's like, that's a little bit of guesswork. There's probably some stuff in there that I've been subscribed to for so long that I don't even remember that I'm subscribed sure. to it anymore sort of yep. thing. You know what I mean? So we're going to get yeah. to that, but uh, you know, it, yeah, it, there's just a ton of stuff here. So I'm going to start off with um, just a few facts that, uh, and I'm kind of paraphrasing a little bit from one of the articles that I pulled up and, and that'll be in the sources as well. But uh, these are some of the key findings from this, uh, from this report that they ran. And this data is from, uh, this is from 2023, so this is pretty recent. Uh, so 93% of American adults access streaming video platforms, while only 40% have cable or satellite service. The average viewer spends $50 monthly on streaming services across four different platforms, with Netflix being the most popular, which there's, in my mind, there's no surprise there, right? This one was actually surprising to me. Max, or what used to be known as HBO Max, scored the highest viewer approval ratings and registered high for potential new subscribers combined with its impending merger with discovery plus, you know, it's ready to contend as a top service is how they uh, listed it here. So that one 
kind of surprised me. Uh, not yeah. that I don't like the service, but it's like, oh, wow, that kind of came out of left field a little bit. Another fact, one in three of the remaining cable or satellite subscribers would cancel their connections if their preferred sports content was available on streaming platforms. So that's kind of wild to think about, too. That's essentially saying that a third of the folks that it mentioned previously that still have cable and satellite, the only reason they do is because that's the only place they can access their live sports and consistently access their live sports. So that's an interesting Mm -hmm. little tidbit. Uh, More than one in five streamers borrow passwords to access platforms without subscribing. With Netflix, the most effective service, obviously we, I'm pretty sure we covered that as a current event at one point, the whole password sharing debacle and how they were going to start charging folks and all that. Garbage. Right. And they say, and in this article, they say the practice of quote unquote mooching, which I, I, I find funny. I love that word for this, but the practice <laughs> of mooching, <laughs> right. will cost the industry approximately $2.4 billion this year. Um, so, you know, it kind of puts Netflix's argument in, in, into a little bit of perspective. It's like, oh, we're losing subscription money. And then the last one I want to list here, more than one in four streamers plans to cancel at least one of their subscriptions this year. 44% said that they're canceling due to lack of interesting content. There's more than a few points here that I can kind of get behind. And it makes you really kind of think about like how the market's changed and where the market's going and all that. Do any of you guys, I'll ask this to start with just real quick. Do any of you guys have a cable or satellite package or are you guys straight streaming? Like Hell no. Straight Hell stream. no. Yeah. No cable package, <laughs> okay. dude. Yeah. I've been cable cut since I like moved to Tennessee. Yeah. And, and I, I've, I knew that was probably going to be the answer that I received, but how many do you subscribe to? That's a harder question. And I would just yeah. say maybe to, to shrink it up, it's probably a, a, there's probably not a lot of, if we just count the major, the major ones, right? And I don't even know that you could say that. Almost all of them, damn near. I can't think of a subscription service that I don't have a login to. The catch is, though, okay, so is let, that I'm mooching off of like three or four of them. So, <laughs> all right, well, let, let me ask this then. Okay, we'll start with this then. Who has Netflix? Yeah. I got Netflix. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Amazon? Yep. Either by Prime or just subscribing normally. Yep. Okay. Hulu? Uh, yep. Okay. Disney Plus? Yeah. Yep. Max or HBO yep. Max? Yep. Nope. Uh, Peacock? Ah, yep. No. <laughs> no. That's a no from Matt. Okay. So we got one that's not. not no, I know I, the last one too. Okay. I didn't hear that. I I'm sorry. For Max? Max okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. What about Paramount Plus? Yep. No. Okay. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and and to clarify, I know I haven't said anything. I've been asking the questions here. So far, it's all yeses for me. I just I okay. want that to be none. Uh, yep. Apple TV Plus. I actually just got access yesterday. <laughs> and I will say, I expected to see that mentioned more in this article, which I didn't. But anybody that doesn't get Apple TV Plus, you're sleeping on great content. But anyways, we're... we're <laughs> I don't, I don't want to get down that yeah. rabbit hole. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and in the other ones, the, these actually made the percentage count to be on this list. One of those, which I don't quite, I, I, I don't know, YouTube TV is on here, which I've used on, like I've used trials. I've tried trials of it. And I think I've subscribed. What is it like, like regular? Is stuff. it TV? It's TV. Yeah. It's, it's, it's essentially cable TV. that you stream. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's garbage. It's, it's yeah. I mean, it works great. Don't get me wrong, but um, yeah, garbage. ESPN Plus is up here. No, Discovery Plus ESPN. is up here, yeah. which I, yeah, I mean, I'm not a sports guy necessarily. Uh, and then Crunchyroll follows up the bottom of the list, which I get. Okay. So anyways, yeah, that's, that's the list that constitutes, at least on this website, this is cordcutting.com, which is a very popular website. That's the most popular streaming platforms in the U.S. as of 2023. Mm. Um, all the way from Crunchyroll having 7% of the American adult demographic and Netflix having 73% of the American adult demographic, according to this, the, of those that were surveyed anyway. So uh, just it, it helps kind of put like all of them into perspective, but I'm betting that there's going to be quite a few people that listen to this podcast that as we listen to them off, they're like, yep. Yep. And then like, as we got further down the list, they're like, yep. Like sadder and sadder <laughs> and sadder of yeah. like, oh man, here's where my paycheck's going. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I've got 20 streaming services. So <laughs> any comments about that specifically in terms of just kind of the sprawl of streaming services at this point? 
it's just like, you know, having regular cable back in the day and then you add in like all the packages. I know factually that I'm spending over a hundred on streaming services alone, even if you take out the ones that I'm not paying for, which which by the way, we're we're mooching. It's a two way street. All right. I'm not just a straight moocher. I'm sharing passwords too, okay? Uh, so I just it's expensive, man. And I'm starting to get to a point where it's like, all right, do I just have to cancel some of these? Are we gonna go back to the days of cable where it's just like I'm, I, we got to start cutting them down because I'm definitely not using all of them as frequently, you know what I mean, as I'm paying for them. Uh, sometimes it's a couple months before, you know, I'm touching some of these streaming services again. That, so, that was going to be my next um, question was why? Like, what would be your definitive reason of why am I canceling? And I'm just going to throw one in there. Why am I canceling Peacock or Paramount Plus or something like that? Like, so you're saying just not using it, like not watching it enough. Yeah, man. Like if I sometimes I'll go like two or three months without using a service. Like I don't I think we might be paying for like the ad supported version. I don't even it might be a free account on Peacock. I'm not sure. We don't ever use Peacock. I think we've used Peacock. It would have been like three months ago would have been the last time that we did. And it was for like one TV show. And so it's like, do right. I really need this? You know what I'm saying? Well, you, you would be part of the third then of Americans that <laughs> said the same thing. That they said we're just the reason we're canceling at least one of what we've got is that we're not watching it enough. There's a lot of us. The the biggest reason, can you guess the biggest reason for people canceling? I want to say just, it's money. Is it not money? Just money. Yep, there you go. Yep. Yeah. Just, just 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 trimming down monthly expenses. It's like, why am I paying for something that you know, like let's say so and this is part of the kind of the discussion too, is you know, kind of the the unique content that they generate the specifically the exclusivity, you know, let's think about something like stranger things, stranger three, stranger things brings, you know, if, if you're not subscribed to Netflix, you're going to be, you're, you're going to buy it. You're going to subscribe to it and you're going to watch stranger things. If you're into stranger things anyways, like that is what's going to bring you to the service. Why is that? Because no other service has that show. You have to subscribe to Netflix to watch that show. Every one of these at this point, has something for the most part that is exclusive to them. I think, um, yep. what was it? It was, uh, it was a Peacock. I, I think it was Peacock that had like the simultaneous drop of like five nights at Freddy movie. And what, you know, like it, it was in theaters on a Friday. It was also on Peacock. There's a lot of content oh, providers or streamers doing that where it's like, Hey, you can go to the theaters and spend, you know, a hundred dollars on tickets and popcorn and, your kids are yelling and screaming and whatever else, you know, if, if you're going to take your kids to see five nights of Freddy's, I know we, we let our kids watch it. It was great. But anyways, <laughs> uh, we watched it at home and you're already subscribed to the service. You know what I mean? It's like a no brainer for me, unless you really yeah. want that big screen experience. And then, so just all of that, you know, and then there, there is the other argument too, of like, it, it really depends on what you're into as an individual, or what your family's into kids are into, but there are some situations where there's some content overlap. You know, there used to be, a strong case for a lot of the providers where I think they were, you know, finagling deals in the background with studios and saying, Hey, you know, like, let's say the office, for instance, Netflix had the office on there for a while. They may still, or they may have gotten it back. I don't know, but they're negotiating deals in the background saying, you know, like, Hey, we get the office and they're going to pay that little extra dollar of being like, and we're the only ones that get the office for three months or something like that. Well, you can find the office on like three different streaming platforms now. Because, you know, a lot of these guys, I think they've kind of conceded a little bit of like, uh, we're not going to, you know, we'll, we'll have it on our service, but we're not going to pay the premium to have to be the exclusive owner for this for the next two or three months. So there's a lot of that now, too, of like, well, well, dang, I can go and watch this show over on Amazon. I can go watch this show on Netflix and now I can go watch this show on Hulu. Why am I paying for all three again? If this is what I'm uh -huh. binging right now, sort of deal. It's you know what I mean? So. You have both sides of the coin, I feel like. There's cases where like it's on a lot of different platforms, and then there's cases where the only reason you ever subscribe to the platform in the first place is because they had this very unique show or this, you know, this very specific movie or whatever the case may be. You know, like Amazon right now, I think Amazon has like exclusive rights to do Thursday night football. That sort of thing. It's like that's something to bring people in to subscribe. If you don't already have Amazon Prime. Uh, you know, you would potentially subscribe to the Amazon streaming service just so you could see Thursday night football. So anyways, so I've actually, I've, I've got a, I've got a question here, Brent. I'm sorry. I don't mean okay. to throw a, a wrench. No, in absolutely. The this is here. a discussion. 
Um, on the topic of price, okay. So I've heard. Uh, yep. I, I don't know. Do you guys think that um, like storage on the streaming providers um, side of things has anything to do with price increases? Because like ten years ago, you know, there wasn't as much 4K content as there is like right now. And now it feels like, you know, whether it's Netflix, Max, whatever service, right? If they're dropping their own, you know, exclusive, you know, thing that's that's specific to that platform, it's gonna have all the bells and whistles. It's likely going to be in very high definition, right? Um, obviously 4K takes a lot more uh, space or, or storage. Uh, and so like what I'm getting at here is more storage, more, more storage devices. Maybe that stuff ain't cheap, but they're also putting a lot of content, you know, there's a lot of stuff moving on and off the platform. So um, I don't know. Do you guys think that has anything like is there can you think of like a technical explanation as to why uh, maybe a, a rationale as to why the price, you know, for these services is always increasing and it feels like we're not really getting much in, in return? You know, I would say you're probably on the right track a little bit with storage, but also I would say probably bandwidth cost. Uh, in the infrastructure in the background that the amount is of even capable yeah. of that kind of that media, you know, that media handling, that media handoff, you know, to, to be able to present all that data like that simultaneous streams across, you know, like just in our household alone, I think I'm paying for, I think up to six streams, I think like I've got the big boy plan, the one that they charge a fortune yeah. for, for Netflix. Um, and and there's numbers and you've on that got too. like a normal sized family, Brent. Like they're right. Uh, like there I have with four like folks, eight freaking yeah. kids. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. I have four. Uh, yeah. There's probably folks out oof. there that have like three Netflix plans to be able to cover all these folks. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So, <laughs> so, but uh, so th they did make a mention of this. They said um, six major streaming services this year increased their prices by an average of 25 percent. Uh, wow. And they compared that to they said consumer expenses overall increased by only six percent. So they're a little We're bit just like, out okay, of right, right. Oh, yes, no problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so that, that contributes to kind of that, that perception of streaming as being, you know, an expensive alternative to cable at this point, because every time you turn around, I mean, I can't count, I, I could probably do a search in my Google uh, box right now, my inbox, my Gmail. And see all the emails of Netflix talking about, oh, we're going up by a dollar next month, you know, just FYI, oh, we're going up to 24, 90, you know, whatever. And you're, you're getting these increases. Um, heck, I think the latest one I got like a month ago was Spotify out of all things. It's like, oh, we're, our family plan's going up. I'm like, okay, you know, what choice do I have? Thanks, guys. Um, they're looping an audible i think is their new thing i think that was the big it, thing yeah which yeah, which you get access to to which like is cool X many, yeah don't get me wrong cool. it's very cool and but to each their own you know what i mean it's like give mm -hmm. me the choice i guess to say whether i want that or not yeah. like am i going to use it eh, i don't know maybe i maybe i'll try it out just because i'm paying for it already i you know but you know, give, give us a choice. I feel like, um, where, where's the a la carte stuff right now? The only a la carte we have is which streaming services do we want? How about a la carte within the streaming services? Like yeah. I know some of them are like that. Some of them are, you know, you've got your ad supported version, which if you want to, which I think I'm doing that with Peacock. It's like, if you watch a movie with Peacock, you're going to watch 160 seconds of ads before the movie. And then you won't be bothered for the rest of the movie. That's a, in my mind, you know, I'm popping popcorn. I'm getting a drink. Uh, the kids are settling down on the couch, whatever. And that 160 seconds, they're getting their ad revenue, I guess. And I just say $5 a month by just letting ads play while I'm doing other crap anyways. Right. So I'm not all that bothered by that personally. Um, <laughs> so I could also see maybe like a PlayStation option, you know, the uh, PlayStation has, you know, PS now, which is like, uh, you know, they offer the exclusives, right? Uh, only it's not like yeah, as, yeah, as same big kind as of Game concept, Pass, yeah. right? So if like mm -hmm. Netflix maybe did something where it was like, hey, here is all of our exclusives. You don't have to buy, you know, or, or pay for a full subscription. If this is all you really want, you got right, reduced price. I might be more inclined, you know what I mean? To to hold on to because I don't need half the movies on Netflix that are not exclusive. I have already, like, you know what I mean? The ones that I care about, uh, there are other means, you know, I, I, anyways, so just think like there's a, I'm very interested to see how 
Because there's no way they're just going to keep increasing prices, right? Maybe yeah. I should knock on wood and not put my foot in my mouth. But, like, eventually, this is not going to be viable, and people are going to have to pick between one or two services, which is just not great. For well, I've, got, I've got another potential, like, cause for that question. Okay. Re- okay. Reading into one of the next points and kind of, like, wrapping my head back around, like, you know, our agenda here. The the kind of content creation that these studios are doing. So like, you know, Netflix now has like their own studio that, that wasn't something that they had when they founded Netflix. That is all new. And a lot of these other streaming services as well, Apple, Apple TV, they have their own studio. Now they, they write and produce all their own stuff. So that's kind of feeding into that too. I would have to imagine of, okay, increase in costs. Well, not only you're paying for the streaming service now, but now you're paying for essentially a studio to make original content for that, that service, you know? So it's not, it's not necessarily the exclusivity that's part of it. But like, you know, my, my first example that I was talking about stranger things, well, stranger things is a Netflix, like original thing. Anyways, like that, that's in house stuff. So you're, you're kind of paying for all of that. I'd imagine as part of that subscription fee, like what, you know, obviously there's probably other deals that they're cutting. Don't get me wrong, but that's, that's the service model and you're paying for that original content. Everybody is in that equation, whether you watch the original content or not, you're paying for said original content. You know what I mean? So they say the shift has given rise to new storytelling formats and increased the representation of underrepresented communities in the media, which I do agree because a lot of, a lot of these streaming platforms, some do and some don't. I actually have a high level kind of agenda item on this as well in terms of uh, the international market, which we can kind of touch on a little bit. But, you know, in terms of being like globally viewable stuff, you know, this is stuff that like, we're, you know, most, well, not even most, all of the numbers that I've dropped so far are U.S. only. We're not even talking about overseas. Um, for instance, uh, Netflix, according to this article here, invested over 1 trillion in Korea leading to a 200% increase in US K-drama consumption. Say that one more time, Brent. Netflix has invested over 1 trillion in Korea leading to a 200% increase in US K-drama consumption. That's what the wow. hell? Pretty wild. And I I don't you know I don't think that's obviously just this year. I think this is like in total like an initiative they've had from the get-go is that's how much they apparently have invested in it. It says in India, video streaming subscriptions grew from 63 million in 2020 to 80 million in 2021. And it's so much so that it significantly contributed to the country's GDP, which that's wild that it even, it's so much that it hits that mark. You know what I mean? Like it's, Ticking that needle to the right a little bit. Um, and it, a lot of it is, you know, the international films and whatnot are receiving greater exposure. Uh, they're getting more critical acclaim through streaming platforms. Uh, some of the ones that they mention here, which I actually enjoyed, my, my wife wasn't into this Squid Game. I liked it quite a bit, honestly. Great show. You know, that's, yeah. And they got what, like mm. the, the next season coming out here whenever? Um, that was one of those ones where it was like an international phenomenon where, yeah, it just, it kind of took off. Uh, I know it's not for everybody. Matt, I heard Matt groan, but, <laughs> but it yeah, brought in just, big money, big money. Yeah. I did want to touch real quick on, you know, when you load into Hulu or you load into Netflix or whatever, you know, for the most part, the UI itself is, you can figure it out we're also pretty tech savvy individuals. What do you think about the average end user having, you know, six different streaming services? Do you think that they struggle at all when it comes to finding the content they want to watch? Matt, what do you think? I've talked a lot. How how about, how about remembering which, which streaming service the contents (laughs) on? I just did that today. Who cares? I was looking for a movie that I went through six different platforms. It was terrible. Like dude, it's the same conversation we had back like almost a year ago yep. about all the gosh darn gaming platforms, but it's even worse here because yep. like 
there's like two, maybe three major gaming platforms. There's like five major streaming platforms and like an additional five little piddly. I shouldn't call them piddly ones. That's rude, but they're smaller <laughs> than the major ones, but they, they still play as you know. And so, no, I'm not a fan. Uh, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm very frustrated with the situation. Uh, you know, I've recently had serious conversations with my family members going like, I have less than you guys. You like, you guys like I hit, you know, I think you guys hit max. And I was like, no. And the re everything else was a no for me. And I was like, huh? Y'all's tolerance is way higher than mine on, on something like this. I'm already looking at them. Going, Which is surprising, one, Matt, because you got I, kids. I would expect you to be on the higher. I would expect you to have more, right? Lower like on our level. Man, they're happy with what we got, man. Fair enough. And, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you want me to say? They're happy with what we got. And I mean, it gets a lot of play. Like it does. It all gets a lot of play, but it's a bunch of scratch, you know? And I, I feel like we're basically back to like cable again, you know, like, like this is supposed to be better than cable, but we're like back yeah. to cable again. Like, like in, and even the parts that I consider to be the worst parts about it, it releases once a week for a season. Right. And like Loki just did, er, and like I just, I just want it all to drop at once. I'm pretty sure it's all done by the time you start and dropping you know, the first episode. Honestly, Matt, they, the reason they started doing this was to extend people's subscription time. You know, if you're Netflix I, I and you know. drop a 15 episode season all at once, uh, uh, the consumers can get it all with inside yes. one subscription month. I, and it's so, yes. you know, it's it's. I get it. I, I'm so I'm, frustrated. Very Netflix has yet to learn that uh, key item to to help their bottom line, <laughs> which <laughs> Dro I'm, dropping all this, dro dropping every episode in one shot. And then they wonder, it's well, the man, one why, saving. Why, why did we lose money last Quiet, <laughs> quiet. <laughs> why? I'm, I'm why are you saying it out loud? Stop talking, <laughs> Netflix execs. If you're uh, listening, stop listening. Uh, <laughs> I know they're not listening. Right. <laughs> <laughs> i man i don't know i guess i'm fr I, I don't know i'm frustrated by the situation i you know what i want more than anything i want i want to pay for a service that that accesses all my other services and can tell me you know all the things you know i say that that's interesting i say that but the uh gog galaxy that's the good old game galaxy launcher mm -hmm. can do that for your other games and guess what launcher i don't use Ha <laughs> ha, it's the GOG one. So maybe I wouldn't use the product anyways, even though I've wished for it. Because well, there's always something missing, I feel like, though. Yeah, like, the, I agree. The, the native experience, mm -hmm. you're, you're always going to run into something that is missing, is not quite as you expected. Um, you know, I don't know. One of the other launchers does an update, and now that single pane of glass, whatever it is that you're using, is having issues with that thing until the devs have time to fix it or something. You know what I mean? Because it's mm -hmm. not, they're not deving on their schedules. They're deving on everybody else's schedule. So I don't know that we'll ever see anything like that. The closest I've seen is the whole like element of like, I know Amazon does it. Apple TV does it where if you download the max app, it'll say, Hey, do you want to add this to your Apple TV? Like subscription? And it's like, yeah, go ahead and do that. And then in the Apple TV app on my Apple TV, it will now have like a banner for Max and it'll have content that I've watched on Max. It'll say, hey, continue watching this thing or hey, we recommend this on Max. It'll even tell me, which I really like because I have Apple TV on my phone as well. I have an iPhone. I'm an Apple user. You guys already know this. We had an episode on it. Um, it'll say, <laughs> hey, a new episode's out of this thing and it'll do that cross service. It'll push notification to me and say, hey, a new episode dropped. It's actually pretty nice. And if that evolves, I could see it being pretty handy. You know, it doesn't solve the issue of like being able to watch it all on one platform. Cause as soon as you click any of those icons, any of those little tiles, mm -hmm. it instantly laps the, or launches the other app and takes you straight to that video, which is still handy. Don't get me wrong, but it's not, you know, it's, it's a launcher. Uh, like we just discussed, it's, it's essentially GOG to some extent. It's, it's just leveraging, you know, some hooks into it, some API hooks I'd imagine. Um, but it's pretty good at, you know, it does a little bit of content suggestion 
you know, hey, you, you like these three things, you might like this. Um, and it'll suggest stuff from other, from essentially competitors, streaming services, because, you know, Apple has their own. They have Apple TV Plus. So anyways, I nice. and Amazon does it too. If you have a Fire Stick or a Fire device, um, you can add ch- or channel tiles for like Netflix, whatever. And it'll kind of pipe some of that stuff in too. Because, you know, the, these, these companies are also building devices where the, the whole purpose of the device is it needs to be able to install and run these 30 streaming services perfectly. That's the reason you bought that device. Despite the fact that they also have their own streaming content, service, whatever. You know, so they know better. They know that like, hey, you know, we're, we're, we're going to put ours front and center a little bit. However, we're going to make the user experience at least as best that we know how to do it. And kind of bake some of this other stuff in for folks. Um, so I thought, I feel like the efforts that are being made there are are pretty decent as well. I don't know. Like I said, the Apple TV one works really phenomenally, but I know we had a little bit of a rant there. What do you guys think about, like, what does what the, the future bring? Is there a future for streaming? What does that look like? Because we, we kind of went down that path a little bit, like talking about, you know, well, it would be great to see a single pane of glass and it'd be great to have a service that, pulls all these streams together and I'm able to, to watch it there. Is that the future or? I'm actually, every time I, I think about this, man, I get, um, I get real, man, I don't know what it is. I, I'm, I'm sure you guys, have you guys seen Blade Runner? <laughs> there's, yeah. there's parts of, you know, that movie and they don't show you on screen. Uh, maybe they do a recap. I can't really remember the first one, but like the setup for that universe is like, there's a blackout you know, sometime in the in the twenties, you know that that we're in right now, uh, an internet blackout, and they lose all digital records, and then they have you know like a rebirth of the internet, and that's what the universe is built on top of, right? Um, I get super afraid that like we're we're heading towards that like you know some kind of crazy like bandwidth wars type thing where it's like, uh, and I know that's like really far fetched, but I just can't. It's hard for me to imagine you know, uh, a universe where continues to grow or maybe consolidate. Uh, But the amount of data that every single one of these, you know, big platforms is essentially routing at any given time at any place in the world, um, prices are going to continue to rise for storage bandwidth and just to continue to pad the pockets of all the people, you know, who make these platforms run. And so it's like, I don't, I don't really see at least in the near future, I don't know. And I don't know, maybe that's just really cynical. I I don't know. I I don't want to hijack the whole, you know, thought Matt, Brent, what are you guys, you know, thinking as far as, as far as that's concerned, I think that's probably like worst case scenario, but um, I don't know. I don't imagine this getting any better for us anytime soon. Uh, I think that streaming services are heading into decline and that we are seeing the end of them. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm joking. No, I think I was like, that's really uh, optimistic for Matt. (laughs) (laughs) Is it? I don't know. Uh, So overall, I see streaming services as, you know, uh, the positive, something positive in the future. I think in the long term future that we could see bundling occur uh, alongside Internet providers. You know, I feel like we already see some of this in some cases. Um, yeah, T-Mobile you know. bundles Netflix with most of their big plans. Bing, and, and that's a that's a mobile carry that. out of all things. Yeah, look at that. I didn't even know that. I just I just pulled that as like a next step no, out of. You're the, right. Out of the net. I I pay for yeah. Disney Plus and Hulu together as, yep, as part of exactly. the package. That one I'm aware of. Yeah. Yep. So I think that we'll see more bundling, and I honestly think that we're basically going to see. Whatever, whatever the history of cable television is, that's what we're going to see here too. And I think that we're just yep. seeing it like occur at breakneck speed. And what occurred over the course of like forty or fifty years is instead going to occur over the course of twenty. And um, so, what comes next after that? I don't know. I bet we're going to have a new technology by by then that allows you to stream it like directly to your to your eyeballs or or something that that just nullifies the internet as we know it and maybe maybe like that's the next thing that's matt i i think you're hitting on the head man where it's like okay in all real uh you know 
uh, we're probably just recreating, we're just repeating what happened with cable. Right. And I think my mind gets stuck is like, what comes next? Uh, Because maybe this is what, you know, the previous generation or maybe Brent, actually, you guys are perfect because you were adults as we were making this transition. Did you guys think that? Yeah. (laughs) Rude. (laughs) But hey, still a part of the same generation. You guys are just older (laughs) side, right? Um, What did you guys think? I I know we're getting, you know, kind of deep on time, but as, you know, we're we're kind of hitting, we're entering the 2000s, VHSs are still a mainstay. You start to see DVDs come in. Like, as Netflix became a thing and transitioned into streaming, did you guys think that it would blow up in the way it did now? Or was it kind of like how I'm feeling where it's like, man, I don't, we're just going to watch VHSs and DVDs forever, right? Like, does that, where, where were you guys' like mind, uh, mindsets at as far as, I don't know, the future of media <laughs> 10 years ago? Let's see. I was a Netflix and Gamefly subscriber. Back oh, yeah, me too. Had, yeah. Okay. And, um, that was so exciting to walk to the mailbox and you got a game yeah. and you got some movies in there like yes yeah uh i'm you know i'm really surprised you know like gamefly didn't wasn't able to pivot so i, I assume that there was legal and licensing problems i, I imagine right. that they saw netflix and was like "Ooh, we should do that there's just something that's they had the games but maybe not the infrastructure right because i imagine I streaming like was their next step and yeah Oh, yeah, hopped on that real quick, you know, mm-hmm. so maybe it just wasn't, they just didn't have the, the brain power at the time. <sighs> yeah, but I, I don't think I, I don't think I, I don't think I predicted this future now, but I guess I don't think I was really worried about that. Um, you know, Netflix was obviously like they're, they're hit a point where I was like, wow, Netflix is amazing. And um, but there was still a pretty long gap before it was like, wow, Netflix is amazing and I no longer need cable. Right. Yeah. And, very true. Yeah. And I, I feel like that, 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 that spot was probably there for me for somewhere around four to six years where I was like, wow, Netflix is amazing, but I can't quit cable. And then, uh, I feel like it was when I moved out of an apartment into my home, I was like, Netflix is amazing and cable is super expensive. So no. And um, like, what am I paying $60 for? All I'm going to do is use Netflix anyways. I don't know. I think that maybe it was the future uh, at one point. I'm, I'm honestly kind of concerned for Netflix as a company at the moment. Yeah. They seem to be struggle busting. I don't know. I uh, think they, uh, I think they turned a profit the last time though, right? Their, their last uh, fiscal quarter whatever the heck they report on these days they i'm pretty sure they had a profit look companies that are running these streaming services that are doing extremely healthily or however you want to phrase that are not going man how do i how do i reduce infrastructure costs and force new subscriptions they go how do i produce better content to drive more people in and any you know i remember famously the the game of thrones um, one of the Game of Thrones producers was like, I don't care if people pirate my stuff. I just, you know, I just want to get eyeballs in front of my artwork type of thing. And yeah. um, I know it's not one for one here, but that's kind of the concept I'm driving for is that uh, a lot of these people who are who are streaming, like, I mean, like, I guess they, 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 I mean, they got more subs, so they got what they wanted out of it. But I bet there's a bump, bunch of people who are like, I don't have access to Netflix and I don't have any intention of subscribing now. Bye. I mean, maybe that's good. I mean, I guess that's who they wanted to get rid of. So I don't know. Maybe it was just a savvy business decision that they made for a position of strength. I have no idea. I haven't been paying attention. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, something that I'm surprised we haven't brought up. I don't want to, we need to, you know, I'm going to wrap it up a little bit and move uh, on to something that you brought up just a little while ago, but Something that I do feel like is coming, uh, still kind of on this future discussion, is something that we talk about all the time and we haven't really thought about the implications of, of it in the streaming platform, but it's AI. I mean, what if you had AI sitting there saying, hey, you've watched all these things, I recommend this. I think that is going to be one of the streaming yeah. services. The first yeah. one that can implement something like ChatGPT in it that is specifically there to curate content for you 
based on your watching experience, based on how long you watch certain things and all that, that's going to be very popular there for a little bit. It's going to, whoever leads in that charge, everyone else is going to be playing catch up for a little while. I think that is probably the next, in my mind, like low hanging fruit, obvious iteration of the platform is like, how do you better curate the content and keep people engaged in the platform? Cause I'm sure that out of all the stuff that we subscribe to, I'm sure there's a ton of stuff that I would probably really, really enjoy if I knew it was yes. there, if I knew how to yeah. find it. And I knew that like, you know, I'm searching through comedy and I see a bunch of crappy, you know, art box art, if you will. And I'm like, uh, you know, that looks kind of funny, but you know, whatever it could be a piece of gold to me. I could love it. I don't know anything about it though. You gotta, you gotta tell me about it. Tell me why I'm going to like this. I think AI is absolutely perfect for that. That, that is what they need to do next. These services need to go ahead and pop that in there somehow. I'm sure we'll see it. I'm probably just, yeah. you know, it, it, right. I, yeah, I feel yeah, like I feel it's going to come. For not, yeah, it's really obvious. Right. Yeah. I can't believe we didn't bring it up. You know, it's like, what, how did, you know, anyways, but I, I think personally, I feel like that's where it's going to go. You might, you mentioned something real quick. This is what I want to finish on. You mentioned um, the game of Thrones guy saying, Hey, I don't even care if they pirate game of Thrones. You know, I, I want my art to be seen. I, I pulled up an article for that as well, where they kind of, Oh, you know, just because of the content being more widely available, therefore means it's more easily shareable and more easily to be pirated. You know, people can run, I don't know, Netflix or whatever streaming service through, you know, capturing, uh, hardware, you can record it, you know, um, a lot of stuff, you know, like OBS and stuff like that is like cracked down on that sort of thing. Like if you try to capture, uh, content in a browser window, the browsers now have like the DRM built in. You can't, it's just oh, black. Wow. It's just blank. When you try to capture it, you can't capture the video by I, default. I didn't they've, know that. Yeah. Yeah. They've done a lot to like prevent you from very easily streaming content like that. Um, um, so a lot of the concern is of course, you know, Oh, well, you know, okay. Yeah. We put out the show and we're charging X amount for our subscription costs. I, I'm, I wish I had a source for it. I remember vi- it's probably been two years or so it's, it's been multiple years, but I, I remember one of the services, it may have been Netflix that said they actually had like a statistic around. We project that we're missing X amount of money per month or per quarter, whatever due to people pirating the content. So apparently there was like a big group that was like their specific purpose, this piracy group or pirate group, whatever you want to call them was they would just rip content from Netflix and then put it out on the web. Uh-huh. Um, and that was like their sole thing. That's all they did was just rip like exclusive Netflix content. Um, and they were saying that like, yeah, that user base is like X amount of millions that are downloading this pirated content. Now, in some cases there's, Back to that international thing, there's a lot of content on Netflix and the other platforms that's gated that, you know, it's region restricted, meaning that I might be able to access it here in the U.S., but if I go to, you know, wherever, if I'm in Korea or Japan or whatever, I can't access that same content anymore. The content that when I connect to Netflix, I get a different set of content now. I'm not able to access some of those exclusives anymore because they are region locked. They're region specific. That's the reason why there was a whole rise to the whole VPN thing. People buying VPNs just to use. I remember, um, I, feel, I think BBC, the streaming service uh, that BBC put out, a lot of people did this so they could watch like very specific episodes of like Doctor Who. They would, you know, tune in from somewhere in Europe and be able to watch this, like watch it like the syndicated releases of the Doctor Who episodes. They would come out same day to where like in the U.S., we'd get them like a week later, stuff like that. Like there's been, there's been people circumventing all of this, the region locks, the exclusivity. Some people are just pirating because, well, they don't feel like they want to pay for the subscription. This is all stuff. Like we've done this for years. My mom used to program the VCR to start recording at 5 PM on HBO because we subscribed to HBO and she would record movies from HBO. She was pirating back then. And like, no one thought anything of it. Like you didn't, you know what I mean? Like back then it was like, okay, here's this cool thing I can do with a VCR. And you know, it wasn't, no one was talking about it back then until of course, you know, you got somebody on the street selling bootleg Disney VHSs and stuff like that. But anyways, it's evolved. Like even that side of it 
ironically has evolved despite it all, you know, despite all these checks and balances that they've put in place. Um, I just, I thought it was worth mentioning anyways, that that hasn't gone away and the entertainment industry, these streaming platforms, these companies have very explicitly pointed out like, Hey, yes, we are losing X amount of money per year because we've got people ripping our content off and putting it elsewhere. Uh, so yeah. You guys have any any kind of final thoughts either on that or on, on the topic at hand? Anything you want to kind of, I guess, I guess maybe closing thoughts uh, on on the whole thing. Yeah, I got one. Brent, hey Brent, would your yes. would your mom download a car? Uh, you know, if she could, <laughs> she probably would. <laughs> Her dad. Yeah, I'm just uh, trying to figure out, you know. How how deep does the piracy go? Right, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I I, I wouldn't. Uh, yeah. Uh, I will tell you. Uh, this conversation just made me seriously think. Like, man, I need to. Some of these services gots to go. Right. The only oh, way I feel it's like the same thing with cable. Right. Netflix out, and everybody kind of enough people started to shift to at least tell the industry, okay, this is where we're going, and 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 so it's just like, man, I can't wait for that. Right. I don't think we start getting there though until. Until people like me start start chopping <laughs> start chopping away at the things that, that we don't need, right? I don't need all ten streaming services. I don't. I, yeah. I truly don't. Uh, and so, um, yeah, I need. It, it's time to time. speak with your wallet, right? Heard that. Yep. Yes, sir. Yep. Tis the American way. That's right. Matt, anything else from you, sir? I wouldn't download a car. Uh, well, that's good. To know. That's a good, good last note. <laughs> that's a good last I don't note. Know. Oh no, I, I, I don't know. I've, I've said basically everything I have to say. So, um, thank everyone for listening to our episode about streaming service overload. Uh, I know I certainly, certainly feel overloaded. Uh, we love to hear you gripe about your overload, or you know, talk about your strategies to avoid being overloaded in our discord please come visit our discord we love to mm, hang out with come everybody. on down mm-hmm. yep the link is in the it. show notes thank you guys for listening yep take it easy peace bye thank you for listening to the digital ascent podcast check us out at digitalascent.tech and join us on discord until next time take care